Welcome to SCGA, Off the Huzzle, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs. Offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by Biff Lathrop. Biff, what's going on, my man? Not much. Good day to everybody. Good to be back. We've been a couple weeks with the way the calendar's falling. been a couple weeks since we've been back, so we're yep. looking forward to, to getting another episode out there. Yep. Want to thank Jensen Castle for coming on with us right after her victory uh, and then congratulate her on her play at the Curtis Cup. Yeah, man, what a what a month she's had, huh? Yeah, she's doing pretty well. Good so. for her. She's great. She's good for South Carolina and uh, is represented very well. Hope she does good up in Kentucky. I'm sure she will this, this fall. I'm sure she will. And kudos to the South Carolinians at the U.S. Senior Amateur. Yeah, they all had a good show, and Mr. Eddie Hargett made it a little bit further and yeah. uh, ran into a buzzsaw, apparently, that, that round of 16, <laughs> I guess. I guess so. I'm sure we'll hear about it. What else we got going on? Oh man, Alan, it's just kind of nice, you know. We've gotten through August. Uh, that's a that's good for us. That yeah. means that summer run's kind of over, and we can get ready for that fall run. Temperatures feel pretty good now. They do this morning for sure. So I'm, I think I don't think we're out of the heat yet, but you know, right? September. I remember that we did our mid amateur Greenville Country Club. That's the like the first week of October a couple of years ago, and it might have been the hottest mid amateur we've ever had in our <laughs> life. So. Um, but yeah, but we we had a good August. You know, we, I think the last time we did we got together, we had just kind of finished up the amateur and the Beth Daniel. Um, since then, we had our our, our all star event with the Junior Golf Association. You know, we split those up into upstate and lower state, and yeah. uh, the Thomas D. Uh, Todd All Stars was up at Carolina Springs. It was August the fourteenth and fifteenth, and uh, in the fifteen to eighteen year old boys division, Spence Haygood. Yeah. Uh, shot him a little 68-70 for a four-shot victory. He's from that Piedmont chapter up there. Nice. And then on uh, the 13 to 18-year-old girls, Alex Hodge, uh, she shot 82-75 and won by two. She's from the Tri-County. Yeah, good to see you, Alex. As, yeah, Alexis. Alexis, yeah, yeah, Alexis yeah. Hodge, yeah. that's right, Alexis. And, um, you know, it's good. I mean, again, these are these – are, this is what this event's about. It's not the top players in the state. This is about the kids coming through – and working their way up to that status of the top top players. So, I mean, it's, it gives them something to compete in. And this is a, a celebration for them. It's all-stars. So. Quick story. So, she plays for the Gilbert Indians high school team. Okay. And Gilbert, it was her first year she made it to Beth Daniel. Okay. And they had two players. And so, the entire team came down, spent a week at Edisto with their coach, but also came out and watched Alexis oh, wow. and Kennedy Gooding play in the Beth Daniel. How about that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. That's some team camaraderie. Kudos to Drew Nix, their coach. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, that same weekend, we like I said, we do the lower state. We also have the Tommy Cuthbert All-Stars, and we did that at Seabrook Island, which we've been there for years and years now. Yeah. Um, 15 to 18-year-old boys division, uh, Mr. Jay Smith from Florence. Uh, Good for him. Needed a four-hole playoff to beat Jack Seward uh, at a total score of 145. So both, yeah. both Florence boys. Competing oh, wow. against each other. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then uh, in the 13- and 18-year-old girls division, we had a little bit of a weather issue down there, so they didn't get the full 18 in the first day. So uh, Akira Sanchez shot a 
for the nine hole score on the first day, and then mm-hmm. a seventy seven to second day for a two shot win. And Good she's point. out of Mount Pleasant, okay, uh, kind of local, I guess, in that area. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we hated to, we hated we couldn't get everybody done, but you know, August weather comes in on you sometimes, especially on that coast. You don't really have a whole lot of options. So no, no, you don't. But um, speaking of weather, we came back uh, that next Monday. And tried to do our U.S. Mid-Am qualifier at Lexington. Okay. This was the second of the U.S. Mid-Am qualifiers. And uh, got everybody out there on, and playing golf. And all of a sudden, this storm comes in on us. And, you know, with the USJ qualifiers, you don't have a choice. you got to get it done or you yes. come back the next day. Yeah. Well, we had to come back the next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> 7.30 you. start. Uh, I think we had a handful of players that still stuck around and came back to, okay. to finish. Yeah, it, It's kind of funny. We had we had 84 guys registered. We had 36 of them actually post scores. Yeah. We had 44 withdrawals and four no-shows. But, you know, when you got to bring them back the next day, it's hard. If somebody's not even anywhere in contention, they're not going to come back. Correct. I and I don't blame them. I don't either if you're sitting at eight over. But then that on you, you got to mix and match and get <clears throat> oh, people paired up. And, it's putting a jigsaw puzzle together right. when you're out there because you can't <laughs> let them play by themselves. And so no. we, we literally had just about everybody on staff. Thank goodness it was in Lexington. We had everybody that was in the office, juniors, interns, everybody over there ready to – yeah. Jump in a cart and just watch one dude play for the next four or five <laughs> until he yeah. catches up with the group. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, we got it done like we normally do, and uh, we had three players that shot sixty nine or better. Um, Kyle Davis from North Carolina was our medalist at sixty seven, okay. and then uh, Taylor Smith from Georgia and Donald Taylor from Columbia, South Carolina, both shot sixty nine to get the okay. three spots. So, yeah. Again, uh, you know, last of the U.S. Mid-Am qualifiers, we got one more qualifier coming up for the USGA, which is our four-ball qualifier. Where is that? We're going to be doing it at Florence. Nice. Don't ask me the date, um, uh-huh. but, it's, but it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then our event we've been actually talking about a lot over the last few episodes with all the, with the new qualifiers was our Mid-Am four-ball. Yeah. That we did at Bulls Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that August 21st and 22nd. Uh, like we mentioned, we did the qualifiers. We had a little bit of a format change with the with the field size. You know, we've always taken like 60, 64 teams and just single teed them babies and yeah. got as many out there as we could. Well, with the qualifiers, we were able to condense that field size to 56 teams. Okay. And we could double tee at that point in time. So you had double tees from ah, 8 to 10-10. Gotcha. And man, if, it went good. Again, it? if we hadn't have done it, we wouldn't have finished because we had uh, rain delays. We okay. had a, you know, we had two and a half hour, three hour rain delays on one day and another hour on the next day. And yeah, but because we had double teed and we were able to get everybody out there, we had to wait around a little bit, but we were able to get everybody back out there and we finished the championship in a timely fashion. So we got both rounds in, which is the first time in three years we've gotten both rounds in. Uh, really? Yep. Did was Titleist, is Titleist the bull still around? No, Titleist is. Gone to pasture, as gotcha. they say. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but it's still, I'm going to tell you what, man, that place is so cool. I know you've yeah. been around it. And for those of you who have seen it, uh, I think everybody understands. But it's amazing what used to be a strawberry patch. You ride out there, there's a 200-foot mountain now with a clubhouse on top of it. And the golf course is spiraling and spiderweb and all around that mountain on top of it, up and down. Yeah, I, that's, that was my first ever Mike Strands course. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize Caledonia was as well yeah. at the beach. But uh, I, I got to see one in Virginia, and it reminded me a lot of Bulls Bay with the clubhouse on top of the hill. Yeah. You know, couldn't see as much there as you could here. But it, It's cool. I mean, it's yeah. just it's one, of my co- it's one of the coolest spots to go out to. Now, I will tell you, with all the rain delays, we were also, as they have, cart path only. Uh-huh. 
do you know the size of some of those fairways out there? Yeah. I mean, they're 80, 100 yards wide, dude. <laughs> it might be the worst cart path only golf course in the world. That adds a little time to the round. Oh, my gosh. The first day took forever. But then we were actually able to get out there on the second day. And, again, we, we got it done. And one other curious thing about the two days is we didn't have a lick of wind. The wind hardly blew huh. at all. Interesting. And so that's one of the defenses for that golf course. Right. And uh, the guys lit it up a little bit. You know, you get – you get two guys together that can play some golf, and, and they get ideal conditions and, and right. soft greens, and they did work. So our, our champions for the year were, were, were Dane Burkhart and Scott Usher from Aiken and Charleston. Yeah, uh, They shot a respectable best ball score of 64 the first day, but they came back the second day, actually had a putt for a 59 and missed it, and shot 60 for the final round to win by two over Blake Austin and Kyle Bearden, who shot 63-63. So. Really? Yeah, it was a uh, – it was pretty impressive to watch. I'm going to share a quick Dane Burkhart story. I've only met him once. I've seen him. He's on the walls here. He may be at some team matches and stuff. The only time I met him, you and I did the U.S. Open qualifiers session where we spent the night there at oh, yeah. the clubhouse. Yep. And I was talking with him at the scoreboard, and he at the time he said basically the mini tours were the SCJGA but playing for cash. It was all the same guys. <laughs> it was all the same yeah, guys out there. Yeah. We see a lot of that. And, you know, with us handling a lot of the amateur status in South Carolina, I see a lot of those names that went out there and tried it and right. realized there's, they're playing for their money and they come right on back. There's a couple of the guys who've come back to the amateur side, and it's good to see them, and they are still got game. Well, that's a lot of them. You know, that 25 to 30, 35-year-old crowd yeah. that, that went out there and tried it, realized how hard it is, how lucky you have to be on top of being good. And we've got a, a really cool little tour now with all those guys. Right. They, they all travel around. They all play. they they have a great time, but they're very competitive too. I mean, this, oh, Kyle, yeah. this Kyle Bearden, you know, he, he he has a great time playing golf, but he he's also very competitive. Yeah, he's yeah. tired of coming in second. He came in second at the amateur, then he came in second at <laughs> the mid-am four ball. He won the mid-am last year, though, didn't he? Or he two won the years mid-am ago? a couple years ago. I think we were in Greenville when he won it. Mm-hmm. He also came in second at last year's amateur at Columbia Country Club. Did he? To, 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 boy, can play to Grizz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that got us through August, and, uh, we, again, we were excited. Kept, our, our staff was able to catch a, a, a break, a little bit of a break, with a couple couple days in the office, get caught back up. and But, you know, we're, we're right back on it again. We, uh, we're on the September the 4th and 5th, which is this upcoming weekend, but I, right, right after, right right before we the show airs, uh, we got our senior better ball at Santee Cooper, yep. which is always a good, fun event. Those yeah. guys come in, and we have a good time there. Um the next weekend, we jump right back into it with both both organizations. The Junior Golf Association has the Harvey Brock Orange Jacket Classic at yeah. Bosco Bell. Yep. That's September 11 and 12. And then we also have our Players 4-Ball, annual Players 4-Ball, which I do believe you're going to be competing in this I year. I am. I'm um, making a return. I got asked and we're going to compete in that last final flight somewhere. Nah, y'all. You and Barry <laughs> Reynolds. Barry's, y'all got a little home course knowledge around there. It's gonna be, we're gonna have, we got 50 teams, Columbia Country Club. We – we shotgun that, have a good time of it, get everybody done. We feed them a little tailgate lunch on Saturday to, you know, kind of correlate with the football season going yeah. on, and it's a it's a fun couple of days. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, Barry plays good. I'm sure both of y'all. <laughs> I mean, last time you played in a partner event, I think you did pretty well. I so. did. You're right. You're right. Um, hey, before I get any further, I also want to throw a little love out there to our former executive director, my father and, yeah. and my mother. Uh, Nine four this Saturday or this past Saturday, how the show airs. Yeah. Um. Nine four will be his their fiftieth anniversary wedding anniversary. Man, that's amazing. From some of the stories I heard, I didn't think they'd make it through five. <laughs> I, I, I'm lucky I got born. I think. Kudos to both of them, man. It, yeah. Especially Joyce. Especially Joyce. Especially Good Lord, Joyce. Especially Joyce. So yeah, they uh, congratulations to them. Fifty years. That's a that's a that's a heck of a 
milestone reach. Well, the SCGA is lucky they're married too. I mean, it, it wouldn't have would done great, but Joyce was a big backbone. Oh, no doubt about it. In the eighties, especially before right. he had a staff, right? He, you know, <laughs> he had a wife. He had a wife who, <laughs> who worked. Fortunately, was a school teacher and had the summer off and could go on the road and and run those events with him. It's amazing how things work out, man. It's incredible. But yeah, uh, yeah so congratulations to them. Well, we got Robert Dargan. Robert Dargan, old lefty. The Dancing Bear. Yes, he is. He still dances, too. Yep. In fact, that's how we opened this interview. I just go straight to the slow play. You did, boy. You punched him right in the throat. <laughs> uh, thank you to Palmetto Shop for allowing us to record that episode there. Yeah. And I want to say we got some great ones already done coming up. Oh, with the the, 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 the shelves are stocked. I think everybody's going to be excited to see what goes on. I'm excited for Robert and, and for this particular episode. He, he, he We did jump right out in the gate and got going, and, and he, he answered everything as confidently and honestly as he could. So, But he listening back when I was editing it, he was really candid yeah. and, and opens up to an extent. Listen, he gets it, man. Yeah. He, he knows what the situation is. He understands it, and he, 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 he works on it. He does. Not very good, but he works <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, here we go. Robert Dargan. We are lucky to be joined. I can't use the term again, living legend, but my man, Robert Dargan. Which I do think you're a living legend. How you doing, Robert? Thank you. Thank you for having us, Scott. Enjoyed it. Thank you for being here. Enjoyed being here. Joy, I've enjoyed being here so far. So far. We, <laughs> I think it's something we got to get out of the way. First thing with uh-huh. you, slow play. Oh. The waggling and the dancing bear. The dancing <laughs> bear. Let's just, how'd that happen? Well... Biff can probably chime in when he feels like it. Oh, I got so much to say. um, (laughs) It was like, I remember when I was a junior golfer, so I went to high college in 1987. And so my last year, I graduated high school in 87. Um, I was a junior golfer. I was was a four-year time, but I was not a slow player. And somewhere along in college, I think we did these mental workshops and stuff and the Bob Rotella stuff. And I just, I don't know, I got started thinking more and more about things and waggling around more and more about things. And my dad was always a very fast player. And David, David's gotten slower because I've influenced him, unfortunately, negatively, I guess, over the years. But David was a fast player as a kid. So we weren't, I remember, I can remember vividly going, you know, growing up at Wildwood Country Club. And Wildwood Country Club at the time was like a really, really healthy club with, you know, 700 members or something like that. And so my dad would always say, and he loved Camden Country Club. So I love Camden Country Club because he loves Camden Country. He loved Camden Country Club. We'd play. We lived there when I was, you know, like two, three years old. And he always kept a membership at Camden, even when okay. we lived in um, Anderson. Then moved back to Columbia when I was starting. Um, let's see, seventh grade. And um, but he always loved that golf course and the people over there and just how they got it. And yeah. And um, they play. Everybody plays fast over there. But we would instead of playing Wildwood on the weekends, he'd say all the all the Yankees are here. And we had to get out of here. So we'd go to Camden in the morning. And sometimes David would go with us if he would wake up. But it was always me and my dad, usually about, I don't know, at least twice a month. Wow. Sometimes every, sometimes four times a month. We'd go over there, and Steve Duda was the pro. And they didn't have tea times. Yeah, still and, don't, uh, I don't believe. And um, the, all the dogfight guys would go off at 9. We'd get there at 8, and we'd play 18 holes in two and a half hours. And we'd be home by 11.30. Did you, you know? waggle them? No, I was quick. And then so, I don't know, it just happened. I remember one time in the <laughs> state am, it was at, um, well, I started counting in my head. I started counting number one, two, three, four, go, what, come on, hit it, you know, kind of thing. That was, to so, get quicker. I mean, no, that was, no, when I was over the ball, I would start counting in my head. It got to a point one time, I remember we were playing at the UNC's tournament in the Governor's Club, and I was playing with um, Lynn Matisse. And I remember counting to 60 in my head before I hit the ball. Wow. 
and that's pretty bad, obviously. Well, you know, you, you talk about David, too, and I, and I tell you, because you know it, we've talked about it, we've been doing this together for a long time. The dancing bear, Robert Dargan, and you get up there and you get them feet going, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, you, I sit there and watch it, but then your brother stands up there just recently. Just still, statue. He locks up. Statue. He doesn't he don't move. Statue. But it's, you know, and I, but I'll give you this, Robert. Oh, you, you're aware of it. At least you're aware of it because we talk of it. about it. We Very talk about it a lot. Yes. We've tried to work on some different things yeah. and, you know, to, to get going. And, <laughs> and, and, and it, 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 I, I will tell you this, uh. it can be done. You, you requested, we had the mid-amateur at yeah. Forest Lake one year in Carolina. Georgia, Carolina. We were playing, and Robert says, Biff, I need the first tee time. I oh. said, absolutely not. There's no <laughs> way I'm going to do that. people coming in town. I'm entertained. I have to have it. And you dangle the right carrot, and Robert, he played that thing. 315 <laughs> flew around that golf course. Football yeah. and liquor. He was ready to go. Well, I – I know you probably catch a lot of grief, like I catch oh grief on my, my white legs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I, I, I had a conversation with Jack Nance at the, at the Mid-Am up at Columbia recently for CGA, and we talked about it. So, um, yes, I'm 100% aware of it. I'm more aware of it than anybody else is aware of it, probably. Yeah. But I know that's a reputation I have at uh, – and, um, I know when Chip did, the, the, did this event, he, he or did the, the podcast off the, off, the, off the hosel. He said that um, he hung the name on me, and he and Dupree did. Did they? Yeah, and um, I remember when he did it too. I mean, I remember we were sitting there, and we had um, my dad. I was a junior in college. It used to be the four ball. Used to, at CJ four ball was at Palmetto, and then it was at Wildwood. It rotated every year, and um, so we were we were medalist, and Dupree and Presley so were defending champs. We you know. Won most of our matches pretty handily. I think we went to the 18th hole maybe once. The only time we went to the 18th hole was with Daniel Sewell and Matt Harbin. Yeah. My dad made birdie and um, to close it out. And um, but uh, so we were we were that was going to be a good matchup. And it was like I remember we had about 100 people out there watching. It was so cool. And um, but after the semifinals, Dupree and Prezioso were they won theirs. And Chip goes, Hey DB, because they that's they started calling me. Oh, dancing man, they call it. now it's just DB. Every yeah. time I to Dupree, Hey DB, what's up? That was just, <laughs> that's the way it was. And um, I just I, and I would answer to it. Yeah. And there was a sports bar down the street down there in O'Neill Court by Columbia Mall. They had a full basketball goal in there. I can't remember the name. But um, they go, Hey, we're going down there to so and so to have a few drinks. Come on with us. My dad's like, no, you're not going down there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knew what was up. <laughs> right. So I was living downtown somewhere, and he goes, you're just staying at that. We lived right down, right down by the second arena at Wildwood. My parents did. And, yeah. Uh, he goes, you're staying home tonight. And um, That's well, smart. So, yeah, it was very – my dad was – he was crazy like a fox that way. He knew what was going on. You know, your uh, dad, I, I, uh, I started just in time to, to, to see him play a little bit, uh-huh. and I watched y'all play in the lefty-righty uh-huh. a few times and uh-huh. father-sons. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he was a good man. I always enjoyed my yeah. time with him. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people. And um, my dad, when he got sick, he was sick for about 16 months before he passed away. So he never got to um, – there's never anything that we didn't say that I never left anything unsaid. And my, I'm sure my brother and my sister would say the same thing, and my mom. And um, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me since he passed away. It's been 16 years now. Wow. And said, told me a story that I didn't know, you know, people he worked with, people he played golf with, people I didn't even know. And since, you know, they came, hey, I know you're Bob's son. And, and um, one of the kids on the golf team, um, a new new kid, um, William Milliken, good little player, seventh grader this year at Florida. His granddad came and picked him up one day and. He mentioned to you know he knew my dad and told me a really neat story about him, which is cool. It's nice to hear. And it's yeah. a good role model. And um, you know, he's, good, you he's a good man. He good was man. he was thank your you. introduction to golf. I'd assume. Absolutely. Yeah. He just he would take. Um, I did not get into golf really. We lived in Columbia from like after moving from Camden, like from three years old, four years old to like um, third grade. We lived in Forest Acres. My dad's a member at Spring Valley. He played you know 
worked them and played golf on the weekends. That was his deal. And he would take us out there and um, more, more so me than David. David's four years younger than me. And he kind of exposed us to golf. And um, kind of like I've tried to do with my kids, you let them in, you know, play in the sand traps and run around and maybe play two holes. But then hopefully you like – Harry Huntley had a great – Harry Huntley, who's the coach at Florida that I um, – um, after he retired or stepped down, I started doing the team. He said they got to have access to the golf course. The kids do. They got to expose it to them, and hopefully the light bulb goes off and they catch the golf bug, and then yeah. it goes from there. And I certainly did. I remember like my dad wanted me to play right-handed. My dad was right-handed, but didn't play golf left-handed. And back then, equipment for lefties was None. was tough. Yeah. It was difficult. I mean, it was like I remember like when I was a junior golfer, I was still hitting the persimmon woods, and everybody else was hitting. Um, um, Taylor made tour burners, and they didn't make a tour burner lefty. And so when I went to college, I still hit a percent one. In my freshman year, I got a tour burner plus, Ooh, and that was like hot. Yeah, that was like. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was like you know, this this is this is so much easier. Right. It right. wasn't even close. I mean, it was like it was so. It almost felt like being a left-handed golfer in that era. You're playing with kind of one arm tied behind your back a little bit. You had to get equipment. You'd learn to like it. Yeah. Now, everybody played Wilson Staff back then on tour. That was like the dominant club or ping a little bit. But I remember getting a set of Wilson Staffs, and I just, you know, well, if I didn't like it, I better learn to like it. Yeah. So Even when I worked at Columbia Country Club, I remember or- trying to order you stuff. It was tough. You would ask me for, get me this driver. I'm like, yeah, they don't do make it. it left-handed. Yeah, I remember one time I learned a, a certain Cameron putter, and you're like, I can't do it. I was yeah. like, and I was like, well, and I remember Mike Weir, the year he won the Masters, you were probably working there then. Yeah. So I remember he was playing those tailor-made, like, they made those 300 irons and 200 irons. Yeah. They were like, the 300s are like, you know, all Forget set it, yeah. and like, look like, you know, high handicapper clubs. And the he was playing the 200s or 100s that were like the bladey, you know, the perimeter weighted. I was like, well, get me a set of those, Alan. And you're like, you call, you're like, they're not available. What do you mean? They just, right. the guy's playing with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make them, spe- I mean, why do they make them? But it's like, it's obviously, a, you know, business decision. They don't do it. But it's like, that was, it was, it's better now, you know. It's much better now, and it's crazy. Like when you go play in in tournaments, and even amateur tournaments, the, the amount of left-handed golfers you see. But in, in in crazy, and I don't really watch junior golf that much. But in high school golf, um, I've tried to watch our Florida kids in the junior golf a little bit, and we have several left-handed kids on the team. But when you go play in these tur- go to these gen- good high school tournaments, you'll see ten or twelve left-handed golfers out there. I used to be, I can remember many times where I was the only one who's left-handed in the field or maybe one other guy and then like thinking back to college and like playing in college tournaments there was like you know obviously Phil Mickelson was a year younger than me but I remember playing in the Palmetto Worlds Golf Dunes tournament in the fall which is the big tournament in the fall East Abbott and down there at Arthur Hills course and they'd invite the top 20 teams in the country mm-hmm. and there'd be myself Phil Mickelson would be playing and this guy Kevin Wentworth would be playing from Oklahoma State who was I thought he was awesome and I thought he was going to be a can't miss guy he made it on the tour for like a little bit then you know, I think he became a preacher but he was much more impressive to me than Phil Mickelson. Did you, like did you play with Phil? I did. I played with him um, like five times in college, and I played him in the. Um, I know you asked me this leading question, but um, <laughs> the U.S. Junior in, in Muirfield Village in 1986. I played him in the quarterfinals, and um, he beat me. I think two and one. It was a good match, though. And um, I remember like they used the boards, like they have the Gus National with the manual scoreboards, and. Um, Back then, there was no internet. So nobody, I mean, you knew someone was a good player, but you didn't know how good they were. And, and um, I remember match one was Dark and Mickelson, and the names were probably, I don't know, like this big. And I remember Chip Witt. And Chip's always, Chip was always kind of forward thinking on this kind of stuff because, did you get a picture? I was like, eh, I didn't get a picture. I, mean, I didn't have a camera. But I remember we were playing in a junior tournament in Dallas. Daniel Sewell, Chip Witt, and myself, was Doug Sanders International Junior. And I think I finished second. And 
and um, said Chip had his little Polaroid, or not Polaroid, but little what a Kodak, right. Insta shot thing, I yep. guess. And um, he took a picture of me, Doug Sanders handed me the the thing for second place, and I still have it. And it's like he just always he thought he he was forward thinking that he thought like an adult at yeah. a young age which is kind of cool you know you talk about the left-handers and not many of them out there when you're playing there's more of them now I, I i pay attention to them because mm-hmm. whenever i see a left-hander that you, the lefty righty championship that you've played in so many mm-hmm. times and mm-hmm. so many titles uh i go recruit because we need you know it, bodies yeah i need <laughs> i need i need new blood yeah. <laughs> some yeah. of my lefty blood's yeah. getting old out there yeah. so but I paid attention, and there are yeah. there's a lot more. A lot more. I mean, it's, it's 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 significantly more, and I guess it's because a lot of times, like for example, when I was that age, my dad wanted me to play right-handed. I remember like um, Chris Hunkler, who was the pro at Spring Valley at the time, ended up working for the PGA PGA of America, and um, he had a he was pretty high up. I think he was one of those top guys you see on the behind the uh, on the 18th green when they were giving the trophy at the, for a while there, but. Um, I remember he went to my dad. Bill Bowers was a really good player at Spring yep. Valley, and my dad loved Bill Bowers, loved him, and loved his dad, Charlie Bowers. And Bill was always so nice. He was a lot older than me, but he was always so nice to me and, and um, you know, inclusive. He'd say, hey, come play nine holes with this kid, you know, that kind of stuff. And he was just a cool guy, just neat guy to be around. And so Bill gave some of my dad some of his old – old clubs, right-handed clubs, they were like just awful, like Chi-Chi Rodriguez specials or something. And um, and then Chris Hunkler probably, I worked at it for about a week right-handed, and Chris goes to my dad, he goes, Bob, either he's really, really bad or he's <laughs> or he's just left-handed. <laughs> I mean, I literally couldn't advance the ball. It was just, and it felt always, you know, Mr. Bennett, Grant Bennett at Wildwood, who yep. was the pro there when I was growing up, um, he always told me that I would be a better right-handed player because I'm, you know, left. I'm left-handed, so my lead arm was left-handed. He's always going to fight that, and it, and it was true. I mean, I always, I mean, a part of, I don't know. I always thought that my dad always wanted David and I just to play golf naturally, and so we didn't really take a lot of lessons. I mean, I've taken lessons. I've taken a million lessons because watching him play and watching people play, good players play. He always just, he'd always tell me, he goes, he watch good, you know, play with good players and watch them play. Don't play with people you're going to beat on, beat up on, and it's not going to make you better. But so I always would. You know, we had this great junior program at Cobbs Glen that Mr. Sewell had, Jackie Sewell had had, um, had going. There was 50, 60 people out there playing golf, kids all the time. And um, I just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. That's the way every club was. And no, you right. very, very, very much like Florence has and Forest Lake now has. And um, I was part of that yeah. Cobbs Glen yeah. crowd. That was a special, yeah, it was special awesome. group. And they were like, you know, I mean, Mr. Sewell, and I hope he gets to hear this, um, he, um, he would take us. And I was younger then, so he would take but Jay's group, Jay's Jay's kids, and then Daniel's friends, and so and Dave, even David would go. And he was like a little peewee then, or he was. I was a peewee. David was like a little kid, and right. like you know, like not toddler, but he was a little kid. You know, he wasn't too young to play. But they would take their, they would load us up in a couple, you know, station wagons, take us to Lexington for the SCJ, take us to Myrtlewood for the CJ Juniors, and. You know, at the time, you just don't think about that. You're not. I mean, you're appreciative of it, but you don't really know how appreciative you are. Yeah. And um, they would take their vacation to take not their own children to junior tournaments. And they would <laughs> drive back and forth. You know, it was 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes from the hotel to the golf course. And, all right, Robert, you're teeing off here. We're going to be back in the, there. Miss Seals driving, you know, a bus driver almost to yeah. get you to the thing and get you prepared. And, you know, and they would encourage us like they would encourage their own kids. And they were just awesome. I mean, they, just, all just awesome. They, awesome they, people. They are awesome people. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you an example on my end. I, I My dad, I'd go with him to what the tournaments were. We had one at Cobbs Lynn one time. And he and Jackie got to talking. Before you know it, 
we were at Kmart buying me two weeks worth of clothes, and he left me there, and I lived <laughs> with the seawolves for three or four weeks and, and picked and pick balls and, and did the junior I mean, thing. I mean, they, they were, they were. I mean, you know, you, you look back on it now, and you're like, and I, I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of those Anderson guys, like yeah, Matt Harbin. Sure. Like I was up there playing in a JV tournament floor was, and Matt's son was playing, and we walked together, and you know, I was like, oh, cool, we got to hang out for four hours and talking and stuff, and it was like, um, I mean, just all those kids, they influenced and so many people that are kind of, Matt's kind of like, he's a town councilman in Anderson, and they were like, you know, they influenced, I mean, just outside, even outside of golf, just how to right how we, to treat people and how to be, you know, just, that's what's really cool. About we're it. doing a junior event through Matt Harbin, communications with him, we're uh-huh. doing a junior event Jackie. in October you at Cobb Glen. He talked about that. Jackie oh, yeah. Siebel Classic yeah. or whatever we're going to call yeah. it. So. He mentioned that to me, and I was like, yeah, I'll get the floor, I'll get some floor kids yeah. up there for sure. Yeah. And so, before, that, before we move yes. off of Bob, Something Beth probably doesn't know that was always special to me, and you probably don't know how special it was to me back then. But when I were at Columbia Country Club, you won the National Left Handers Championship, uh-huh. and you you said, "Hey, I need you to take a picture of me and Chris standing by the sign uh-huh. of the golf pro and uh-huh. him holding the trophy." Uh-huh. I didn't realize we were replicating a photo, yes, of your dad uh-huh. who won the National Left Handers. 1970-71. And he was standing with the pro, correct? Correct. And we it was did like, it in black and white? Yeah. My dad had, like, back then, if you won a tournament, I guess, he put a coat on, and, and it was like a suit. And he was like, so it was like a black and white, and he's the guy's handing my dad the trophy. And the trophy's, you know, it's about this big. and um, Same trophy? Yeah, same trophy. Yeah. And um, and so I wanted to do that. My dad had Pat just passed away, and my uncle, my dad's older brother, who lives at Pauly's Island, um, the, the National Left Handers was at was in Myrtle Beach, and so I played in it. Just you know, I don't know, I played in it, but just for nostalgic reasons. But I, I always told my dad, my dad was like, if it ever comes around here, you should you should play. And so I did it because yeah. of him, and and I didn't really play particularly well, but I played good enough, and I made it. And, and I remember that one. There's it's the Legends Course. There's this one par four. It's like 16. It's like like a drivable par four was a trouble everywhere i remember i hit it in there like a foot made eagle and that was wow. pretty much it that's the heathland course right yeah yeah, yeah. like 16 it's called yeah, hell south it. acre or something like that that's it kind of a cool hole good hole yeah, Great golf course. yeah and um i never really played the golf course before and um and so my uncle was there so it was a special for that particular reason and so i wanted to take that picture like i always had my mom always had that picture in our house of my dad so i took that picture and made a f- big frame with it, and my picture of my dad, picture of myself, yeah. and I gave it to my uncle just to have, and then um, then we have one in our house too, so it's kind of cool. All right, well let's let's go back a little bit further to probably Lexington, uh-huh. and you went in the junior championship. I can remember that vividly. Tell me about. I it. can remember. Um, I have a like you know I always not to compare myself in any way straight form to this, but Jack Nichols always says that he can remember he doesn't remember his bad shots. He just remembers the good shots. We always say that. I'm the opposite. I guess that's why. Right. <laughs> I can remember the bad shots. I don't remember the good shots. But I remember. But I, I remember that vividly because Chip Witt and I were good friends, and Michael Christie and I are good friends. And uh, Michael's passed away, but Michael and I played golf together. We were on the team at South Carolina, and Michael and I played a lot of junior golf together growing up, and a lot of amateur golf. And, and even after I, we both graduated college, and I played professionally for a year, he, he and I traveled together a good bit. So anyway, it was bit. It was like. And, and I always tell the floor kids this, so hopefully this will make sense. Um, the um, junior golf was just different than that it is now, in that if if you were playing at Lexington, there's only like you know, ten tournaments you played in. You played Lexington, right. Myrtlewood, the CGA Junior would move around. North, and then there was a Florence Junior was a big tournament and it went away. My last couple of junior golf it didn't exist. It's cool they bought that back because that was a big tournament. Junior rice players, yeah, junior rice players I'd play in. Um, 
There was no Junior Azalea, if I remember correctly. Nope. Um, it was an Al Esposito. Yeah, I did not play in that one. Um, there weren't near as many yeah. as what you can play and in. And then you would right. play in the George Holiday one at the beach and around Thanksgiving. My mom was like, yeah, I just want to go do spend my Thanksgiving at the beach oh, walking God, around with 300 <laughs> kids. But, you know, that's – and the parents make those sacrifices, which are awesome, and the kids should, you know – I always tell them to be appreciative of that, and they'll be more yeah. appreciative as the, as the years go on. But um, – and then you qualify for the U.S. Junior. You try to qualify for the Big I. And then you might qualify for the Big Optimus Junior World out in Torrey Pines. My dad was like, I'm not sending you out there. That dog, the golf course used to be like a dog, dog track. Now they made it nice. <laughs> sure. So, but um, so he always said no to that one. But um, anyway, so that was always like you'd play the state state high school, and then you play Lexington, and like pretty close together. And those were always like, I mean, that was like my. I mean, I don't know. I could probably speak for the other guys. That it was like our, that was kind of like our major. That was it. Yeah. That was what we were, you wanted to win, and but. You kind of look at the field, and it's always like I got to beat three guys. You know, you just knew it was just different then. Yeah. Now there's like forty guys. Yep. I mean, I've watched a lot of these kids now play, and these kids can—they're good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that top eight's got to be hard to make for the team matches. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, incredible. Yeah, and um, it just wasn't. I mean, it was, there were good players, but it just the depth wasn't there. The amount yeah. of kids playing golf wasn't there. And um, but I mean, through SCJ, what y'all have done and y'all have grown in is in CJ. I mean, it's just phenomenal what, where we've come. Let, let let me go real quick. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna give a, a bio real quick yeah. if I can. Okay. I, this is only SCGA, so I'm sorry, to Carolinas and whoever else. <laughs> we're going to championships for Robert Dargan. We're 1987 junior champ, 2001 and 14 mid am champ. I didn't no chronological order here. <laughs> Uh, 1990 and 2002 four ball champ. One with your dad, one with your brother. That's cool. 2016 mid am four ball, which was at Camden that you love yeah. so much. Yep. 2013 players four ball. The five and six partners championship. He was part of six Trescott titles for Columbia Country Club, which is our team event. Three three amateurs con- con- uh, together playing their, their golf, their whole scores. And here's the one. Lefty righty championship. You've won eight times mm-hmm. with s- different partners, I believe. Crapful and Crapful David. Crapful and Gene Sellers and David. Gene Sellers. That's one I missed. Gene was my first guy. And then. For teammates, Carolina. As we also do that lefty righty concurrently, we also have the left handers championship. And Robert has won that thing a total of nine times. Mm-hmm. The only person that's won more is your boy Stan Sill. Yeah, he's won a couple. Yeah. He's won 15, which is yeah. an incredible number. But, exactly. dude, that, that's just for SCGA stuff. That, that's incredible. Over a period of years. I mean, yeah. we're, we're decades in yeah. each one of them you're winning. Yeah, I so. took six years off in there, too. Did you really? Yeah, I did not play golf from um, – tw- after I stopped – after I played in college, I played for a year after college prof- you know, professionally. And then when I got my extra status back, I was like, well, I want a member of a club. You know, you know how to you, how do you get a job. I didn't touch a club for six years, and so gave away all my clubs. I don't know, I don't know where they went, but I, I think I gave them away. I didn't have any clubs. I didn't have any golf clubs. I was like, and then I got married, and my wife Angela, who's super supportive, and um, she's the reason I'm coaching the golf team at AC Floor, 100. percent By the uh, way, congratulations on another championship. Yeah. Coach just Thank won you. the state Thank state state yeah, title. That was cool. They Only did a few days removed from that. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Monday, Tuesday. Good for you. Congratulations to your boys. And that was their. Um, the Florida Golf Team's 15th Boys State Championship, which That's is awesome. very, very cool. Very and, awesome. um, and um, so, um, anyway, I did not play for six years. And then she's like, we got married, and I was sitting around doing nothing. And on the weekend, she goes, well, they, 
so and so at work said you used to be pretty good at golf. Why don't you really play golf? And she didn't know anything about golf, and which is fine. And I was like, okay. And I said, so I called some of my friends up, and they were all a lot of them remembered Spring Valley at the time, and um, and so coupled together a set of clubs and went and got my dad's old clubs, pings or something, and you know like those bubble, those bubble shafts. Oh yeah, tailor made bubble shafts. Terrible clubs anyway, but um, <laughs> ugly clubs like rust and um. So I'm walking down the um, little walkway there at Spring Valley between the clubhouse and the pro shop with FootJoy classes on and spikes. And everybody in the putting green turns around and says, Look, who is this guy? It's like somewhere in those six years, spikes became outlawed. I didn't know anything yep. about it. Oh, and, that's uh, funny. And I was like, and they were all rusted in there. They're not coming out, you know. <laughs> you know, they're, I was like, so I went and played in my tennis shoes, which I used to play. Your dad used to get on me all about yeah. playing in tennis shoes and junior golf. And um, Why would he get on you? He just, why are you playing tennis shoes? Uh, and I remember one time we were playing the um, the um, the Georgia South Carolina at Chanticleer. This is a perfect junior golf story, if I can remember. Yeah, sure. Okay. And Hap, you know, he's such a happy go lucky guy, but when he gets mad at you, you know it. You better right? get out of the way. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and so it's raining, and I'm wearing like his tennis shoes, and I'm slipping everywhere, and I pop it up in the rough on the first tee left over by the driving range on one. And I was like, you can't play golf in tennis shoes. You just can't play, especially this rain. I'm like, well, I've always done. It. I did it. I've always done it. It's comfortable for me, so I'd always did it. And so, and um, but he's right. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's 100 percent correct. And um, so anyway, we gets and I'm. I didn't play particularly well. I probably shot like 75, 76. But I, back then, I would just chip and putt like crazy and right. hit it everywhere. But. So we're, I'm getting the yardage on six, that little uphill double leg right hole. Yep, yep. And that really nice house behind the green now was not there. It was just woods. And um, so I'm standing there, and, I'm, you know, there's no range finders for these kids that are, if they listen to this. This was, we just walked it off. So you go sprinkle ahead, walk it off, which I still like to do now. It makes me think about the shot. When I start walking off the shot, I'm thinking about what I'm doing as right. I'm walking the shot off. gives you a chance to, to really concentrate on what you want to do. So anyway, me being challenged sometimes – I guess I was dyslexic, and I said 163 instead of 136, and so I, like, barked it off, and it's, like, four paces, so I'm really 132, and I'm thinking I'm 159. Now, obviously, if you just have a half of a brain, you can look at that and see the yardage isn't right. So I take an eight-hour <laughs> try to hammer it, fly it into the trees over the green, or seven-hour maybe, try, and that looks at me as a the hell you know and he's like i said 136 well the yardage is wrong hap looks at it, he goes it's 136 and he was mad he goes he took that stuff he took that stuff serious and he wanted to win he's competitive and sure. i you know and i'm from a coaching standpoint i totally understand that now and and so he was like just shook his head and drove off and left me alone <laughs> the rest of the day and fast forward to the next day I'm standing there, and I always tell the kids, they always play in this tournament, the Florida kids, they play in this tournament up there in the fall. Y'all probably put it on, I guess, right? The yeah. Chanticleer, right? What's it called? The uh, – The – this. It's named a two, two – uh, It's a pretty big tournament. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember. It's named a two, well, there you Morgan go, there you Lucas. Go. Morgan and Lucas. And I always tell them this story driving over there, driving there when they're going to play. And um, I'm like, so I, on the 18th hole, it's back then a stroke play. I don't think it's match play now. Is it right? Is it match play now? Yeah. yeah, stroke, yeah. Play. Okay, stroke, stroke play. Okay, what's stroke play? It's gone out stroke play. Okay, so it was stroke play then. Did it get a match play at some point? The, I don't believe so. Okay. Were you talking about the Georgia, Georgia South Carolina team? No, that's oh, still Georgia team is still match play. I apologize. Okay. It was stroke play when I played. Okay. It was stroke play. All right. Okay, so, I'm, so it's tight. And that was the year that um, Charlie Reimer won the U.S. Junior. And so I like I finished second at Charlie at the State Juniors. I was like 15 years old. I, that was a big deal for me to make just make the eight, top eight. Yeah. But I finished like, you know, 
distant second. He won by you know seven eight shots. He blew us away. And um, so I was like the number or whatever first guy, the last guy to finish for our team because I was the number two or whatever. Yeah. And um, and it's tight, you know, it's tight. And I hit my three wood or iron out there, whatever it's iron because they, they put a new back tee back there. It makes it a little longer, but it used to be really really short hole. And I ride at 100 yards. Oh, this is perfect. And so I love my pink Berlin copper sandwich. This is a perfect yardage. And so. I'm going to hit it, you know, back then the greens were soft and wild whiskers are soft. It's spin like I'm going to hit it pins front right. I'm going to hit it past the hole, 105, spin it back, put on the show for everybody who's watching this. Everybody's <laughs> up there on that hill. And I'm like, so, and I'm hit it pretty good and I'm posting on it. Hits that wall, goes in the water. I'm like, that's not, there's no way. So being a child and not being mature enough, I'm like, I'm going to hit it again. Like 10, ten cup, cup, 10 cup, ten cup, cup you know, yep. which is just dumb, you know, think about it. Hit the same shot and then I kind of chunk this one and it's definitely wet. Then I do it again. Hit the wall that happens like go to that drop circle, so then I knock it on to make it like a nine. We lose by shot. Oh, so I can I oh. so hap. I'm sorry for blowing the um, <laughs> 1985. I, you know, I personally blew the tournament. I, I will and tell you, he does get competitive about those yes. team matches. Those are something he and, and Lane Williams went against yeah. each other, and they, they, they But they, I always tell these kids, I was like, and that since then. That whole that second shot's about two three yards uphill. You don't think it is, right? Second shot on eighteen at Chanticleer is uphill, even though it's over a lake, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But it's uphill. So um, it's amazing I, how you remember shots from thirty years see, ago. I, I remember the bad ones, right? More than the good ones. I, well, I just yeah. pulled up the SCGA photo album on Facebook of the Georgia team matches, and you missed a year. Yes, you, you I were, did. You were on it, I not did. on it. Then I on did it. it. I'm sixteen. I was sixteen years old. I did not play well, and quite frankly, I did not practice like I should have yeah and I remember David Tuttle David Tuttle was he was from Irma played on the golf team at Carolina his parents moved over to Wildwood and he was kind of like a big brother to me and um, he would always take back then we didn't have the junior players at Wildwood that we did and um, I would play with my dad and good players like Vic Hannon would go out there and they would I would Dr. Poteet yeah. And so I learned a lot from him. Sometimes Dr. Petit, I learned what not to do on the golf course. I worked for that man. You <laughs> yeah. should have worked for him. You know, Holy and smokes. I, 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 you know, I love – my dad loved Billy Petit, and I loved Billy Petit. He was just a – he was always – those those were the three best players at Wildwood. My dad, Vic Hannon, and Dr. Petit. And I would – a lot of times I would play in a foursome with them on Saturday mornings if somebody – couldn't make it or didn't right. show or whatever. Huh. And um and that was I would that was awesome just watching how they you know handled themselves and how they played. And my dad would say sometimes watching how they what not to do on the golf right. course. Yeah, right. Billy would get which usually of, towards Billy, Billy right? Would get his <laughs> one, one, of his little, one of his little things. <laughs> but um, anyway, but David took me. David would take me. Um, and Matt McCarley and those guys on the golf team, Carolina, they'd play at Wildwood a bunch, and he would always include me in that if he could. And so I got to play with good players. And, and watch them and learn from them when I was 15, 16 years old. And that was tremendous. And yeah. um, so I did not play well that year. And that was the first year I played in the U.S. Junior. I remember that summer I didn't play well in the, in, in, um, the first part of the year. And Dave was like, you're not practicing. You know, you got to practice. You and he kind of you know, kicked me in the butt a little bit, Good which I needed to have. And, um, and then I, the U.S. Junior qualifying was at Wildwood because Mr. Bennett was always the committee man for the USGA. And, yeah. and so that was like stealing, you know, to have it on your home golf course. And so – I've qualified pretty easily both times, 16 and 17 years old, and um, I think I was I think I was medalist because I got those little medals. To, mm, nice. So maybe he gave them to me. I didn't deserve them, but I still have them. And, um, but um, and um, that's when I made the quarterfinals that year, and that was a big deal because it showed me that I could play with guys. It's not South Carolina, but I could play with guys. Um, you know, all right. over, and that really, you know, maybe gave me a lot of confidence. So yeah, I did not play well that year. Didn't make the team. The next year. 
that was almost like if you didn't make if you didn't make the Georgia South Carolina junior team back then, it was like man, you had a bad year, you know. And so made up for it a little bit with U.S. Junior, and I and I played good, and I played I played good in the CGA stuff, and I made the the Carolina Juniors team, and um, I made that a couple times that the next year as well. Right. But um, that was that was definitely disappointing. It was a lack of um, maturity for sure. I don't think Kisner ever made the team, did he? No, we got a couple guys who never yeah. made the team. But Kisner's definitely one of them. Um, yeah. Well, used to be I back never made then. The team. <laughs> it used to be, it used to be if you made top eight. You um you got the team as you made top ten you got to play the state am so yeah. that was a big deal yeah. and um so the first state am I played I was fifteen years old and it was at Columbia Country Club and we played the lakeside and the, the back because yep. the front was in such the yep. major so I remember hearing that that's huh. the first time I ever missed a um a start a tea, a tea time well I, I didn't miss I missed a tea time one time the junior tournament I was just out watching a friend of mine and missed my tea time but that tournament usually the junior tournament they'll call you to the tea you know and I walked down there no one called my name I walked down there and Hap goes Mr. Dargan. You've, you have a two-shot penalty. If you do not hit your shot before those guys hit their second shot, then you're disqualified. I was like, and I was in, I was like, what? Nobody called my name. I was like, it's a different world, you know. Yeah. Her golf. It's a big and, boy tournament. Yeah, and so I remember I made a I made a four slash six, and, um, <laughs> on number ten, number on number nine, nineteen. 19 yeah. And the rough was like you know I don't know six inch. It was crazy. They just let it grow. Had you ever missed a tee time since? No. I See, not. that's I usually not. what happens. You miss. You, you, you get your first. Yeah. And you, I've had to give a bunch of the two shot penalties. And not. let me tell you, as bad as it is to receive it. To have to give it's that awful. two shots, I had to give him the treasurer of my board yeah. a two shot penalty one time. It was horrible. I mean, I, I almost that. yeah. I remember that was Dupree's last win. Yep. And um, I remember I played nineteen eighty five pretty good <coughs> the first two days, and I was in like the next to the last group as a fifteen year old, which was really cool. And um, then I kind of blew up a little bit, but um, that was a really good. I don't know. It's always look back at the stuff, the 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 fail, not the failures, but the. Like I said, I can remember the bad stuff more than the good stuff. I don't remember a lot of it. It just that was definitely one of the um, I don't know. There's all that stuff you kind of look back and just kind of talk made you who you were as a player and helpfully, you know, you just kind of learn as you go. One thing I don't know if I know about it, Biff. I don't know if you know about it, his Excel sheet. Do you know about his Excel sheet? I don't think I've heard of it. He has an Excel. You you build off the stats a minute ago. Yeah, I got a couple more on there that I'm I'm pretty sure, but I'm not gonna. Okay, well maybe I, has, I probably missed a few. I got he, I got some trophies. There. <laughs> he has every CGA. And SCGA. Anyway, he has an Excel sheet. He sent it to me before. It's impressive. Okay. Of all his accomplishments. And so one, I remember when I worked there uh. at lunch one day, and Hat was still employed, and I was like, man, Robert Dargan to me is the kind of guy who would get a Hall of Fame nod. And I remember Hat going, yeah, but he hadn't done anything to give back to the game. You know, usually you got to have, there's some components to right. equal it up. And I, th- I want to commend you on your AC floor. How many years have you been there now? Uh, let's see, eight with the girls and six with the boys. How did, how did that come about? Tell it. Well, I, I will. It's very interesting because I certain things stick in your mind that you just remember. And I, you know, I've probably what played in twenty two or so Palmetto Cup matches, maybe yeah. I don't know, something like that. Much. But I remember um, one time where he's at Daniel Allen, and we're sitting there, and then usually you know, they have the dinner, and then it's just kind of an impromptu talk, and normally it's about the club pro business, and you know, and how, how it's coming for them, but. One of the things that came up, I don't know why it came up, and I, I don't know why I remember this the way I do, but I just it remembers it like Hap sitting there, you know, holding court. He's got the red wine, and and um, <laughs> he just kind of facilitating the conversation, and then they're talking about you know giving back to the game and, and you know and doing your part, and um, and somebody said because I would just usually just listen because I was usually one of the younger guys and right. I wouldn't say much. I would just listen and and um, and 
someone's like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, how do you, he goes, if he had happened, I remember this, he gets happy, goes, you know, quotations, he goes, you're all good enough players or you'll be presented with opportunities, not necessarily financially, but it's with your time. Your time's more, the older you get, your time's Absolutely. more important than anything. Yeah. No doubt. And, um, and you're, it's a matter of if you'll take the opportunity to do that or in that. So anyway, fast forward the AC floor thing. My daughter Blair, who was the recipient of the Dupree President Assist Scholarship, which was awesome, and yeah. um, given by and, the found, and, Junior, and by the Junior Foundation, yep. which yeah. is very cool, and um, she's was a she made she was three point nine nine seven, just graduated from South Carolina, awesome. and then she's going to go get her master's in um, nursing starting in January. She's going to take a semester off to work, and then so she's she good for her. She made That's that awesome. scholarship count, and uh, which is cool, and that was we were very appreciative as a family for that, and. Um, and um, but she is. I mean, this is as nice a way. She's not the most athletic girl, but she's got a great set of hands, and um, and she's competitive. And so, and Perrin, my middle daughter, was pretty athletic and had terrible hands. <laughs> and so, if we could take those two bodies and yep. push them together, we have one good one good athlete. You know, that's the way I looked at it. And we have Mary, we have, we have Mary Lyde, who's um, ten years old, and we're trying to figure figure out what she's going to be good at. She's a horseback. She's loves a horse rider. Loves horseback riding. Yep. Loves, she absolutely loves it. And um. And um, likes riding in the golf cart, and um, likes go. driving the golf cart. She likes me to get out and walk, and she drives the golf well, cart. Maybe she'll just be a driver yeah, of some sort. Be. It's yeah. a horse's yeah. cart. She plays fast too, Bill. Hey, quick. I like her she already. Can tell the cart and <laughs> hits she goes rapid fire. So you have hit ten balls a second, Mary. Make them count, <laughs> right. you know. And um, so she's somewhere between. But anyway, so Blair broke her foot playing soccer for AC Flora twice. Sesame and Bun and her big toe on either side, which I never knew existed, but it's usually a runner's type injury. And it's a hard injury to, to heal up from. You got to go and cut your foot, take your bone out. It's mm. just it's a little floating, floating little bone. I know more about that than I ever want to know. <laughs> and um, so we had surgery twice, and then, so I was like, Blair, why don't you try golf? I can help you with that. And because um, I always coach them in rec soccer and church basketball, and yeah. you know, I'm competitive, so I want to win. If we're keeping score, I'm gonna try to win. And so I always enjoyed coaching them. I had friends that helped me and stuff, and we did it together. And um, so I told I didn't know Harry. I did not know him at the time. He knew me. I knew him. Kind of. By name, Harry Huntley. Yeah, Harry yes. Huntley, yes, Harry Huntley, and Harry um, had um, been coaching there. I don't know, probably fourteen years at the time. He'd won, you know, at that time probably like eight state championships in the boys and one on the girls, and they had had a, their role and they'd won like five in a row on the boys at that point. And he got involved because for his his kids were playing golf there. His two two of his sons played, and his daughter played. And so I go, Harry, Harry um, you know, Blair is going to come out for the golf team. She's not. She's a total beginner. She's not very good, but I'll work with her. And, and once she sets her mind on something, she'll 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 be able to help you in a couple of years or a year probably. And um, so he goes, and Harry's you know a politician, and, and he, he goes, hey, why don't you, can you come out and help with the team some? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, my schedule's flexible, janitorial service, people doing what they're supposed to do. Then I have some free time in the afternoon, so I started coming out. And about two three weeks into the season, he goes, I got a great idea. I was like, what's that? And he goes, why don't you coach the team next year? I was like. You talking about i can't do that you know there's no way i can do this why can't you and i started thinking about it and i was like oh there's no reason why i came but i was like and i talked to my wife about it she she was encouraged encouraging remember what you said what mr lathrop said and i was like angela yeah, is a saint yeah, yeah, she, yeah. yeah she's awesome I mean, awesome totally married married above my yeah. day grade for sure and um and um so i started thinking about it i said let me sleep my dad always used to say any kind of major decision you make financially or anything like that sleep on it and then if you um feel good about it the next morning then you made the right decision and if you're still uh, easy you probably didn't make the right decision you need to rethink it and so i thought about it slept on it for like a week and then um 
I was like, yeah, I can do this. This will be fun. This is my way. This will be my way to give back to the game. This will be fun. Yeah. And I probably maybe I can help. Maybe it'll. And um. And so then I decided to do it. And unbeknownst to me, Harry was telling all these guys at Forest Lake because his son. Because I told him I was like, I'll do the girls. The girls' season's easy. There's no JV. Right. And they they don't travel that much. And and um and um it's not that much of a time. It's time commitment, but not nearly as much as the boys. And um. I was like, but I can't do the boys. There's no, I mean, just I, that's when I play golf in the spring. I can't do it. He goes, oh no, I'm gonna keep doing the boys. And I'm not. And he was telling everybody at Forest Lake that he was gonna retire in two years. I was taking the boys. I was the last one to know. Uh, yeah. And so that's then, how that works. so then two years later, he goes, "This is my last year." And they had won seven state champions. Yes, six. They had won five in a row at that point. And so they were going for six, and um, which is impressive. I mean, it's yeah. awesome. And um, and um, he goes, "This is my last year," and I'm told. Charlie Winsky, he was the AD at the time. He's at the high school league now. And I want you to take over the job. And I was like, I remember asking him for the girls, as I'd had this work, you got to find your replacement. He goes, yeah, but, I mean, or they're going to end up, you know, hiring somebody. find somebody yeah. that just doesn't know. and Van you know, driver. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, you know, you, and I've gotten to know a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are you know, great guys. But a lot of them are, they just don't know golf. And sure. it's difficult. I mean, it's, you know, there's not a lot of people with that <coughs> the time to do it. <coughs> I understand. And, um, Excuse me, and um, so we um, um, I, he I told him I can't do the boys. Oh, we already discussed this, and he goes, he goes, yeah, but you, you can do it. I was like, I was like, no, he said I can't. Then Charlie once he called me, he goes, well, what's the holdup? You know, why can't you? I, said, I just he goes, what if we let you hire four assistants? And here he goes, I'll do the JV team. You know, and I was like. I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But I was like, but I thought about it really. I was like, if I do it for two years, that's not going to help anybody. Right. And they have this great program going, and they're just rolling. And um, I don't want to mess that up. And and I, the, the one they had the continuity, and it was just like he had a way of doing things, and they were playing in the same, you know, tournaments. I didn't want to. You know, it's just a whole other world that I wasn't a part of. But and, you um, are now. Yeah, and um, and now people, I was calling everybody for and it would give me tournaments. Now they're calling me, which is kind of weird. So it's like. But um, so I decided to do it, and it's been fun. And it really has. I've enjoyed it. I mean, I figure, um, you know, I always said that, you know, if I'm going to do it, you got to do it the proper way. And I, you can't do it halfway. And, and it's about 20 hours a week of stuff. And um, But it's fun. And, we, they, they've been, and we've had several kids. And Harry, I think, coached 16 kids went on to play college golf. Oh, yeah. And we've had, like, six on the boys and two on the girls since I've been doing it, and um, which is awesome. And um, wow. some of the like – Jack Parrott played there for a year. And um, he transferred in, wanted to play. I was like, "Why'd you come here?" You know, I remember uh, this is this the one one little coaching thing. I that was, it was all it is. You got to be encouraged, or motivated, and get them to kind of buy into what you're doing. And I remember we're sitting there, we're unloading after the first before the first round of state. Jack's one one year on the golf team. He just graduated from South Carolina. He just finished up. Yeah. He's going to college, Charleston, to continue uh, grad doctor, school yeah. and uh, be a doctor like his father, I think. And um, so <coughs> we're sitting there and. Jack's kind of standing over to the side, and I'm like, Jack, why'd you come here for one year? You know, leave all your friends and and it, or Heathwood and come here for one year because I want to win a state championship. I was like, nice. Now's your time. Yeah. Go do it. And we didn't play. We played like not good that day. And Jack shot 68, kind of saved us. And then we blew him away the second day and with Ryan Martyr. We had Ryan and Jack were on the same That's team. That's a good nice. They had won the four ball, CJ yep. four ball like a week earlier. I remember Jack called me up. He's congratulations. Like, got the two four ball champions no one's gonna beat us you know after it was over but you still got to go do it you know well that, and that was good. that's awesome and, and yeah. I, I i've said this a lot during this process of us doing this off the hosel but mm-hmm. it's people like you and and people in the industry that are coming together that that are doing their part 
to to make this game game grow the way we are and it's everybody working together to do it and and do you giving your time like that people don't realize that man they don't have a clue how much time you're giving out there to do stuff like that and and yeah I played. I, I played at Columbia last week, warming up for the member member in the dogfight on Thursday night. And you had your team on the putting green. Yeah. As we were making the turn, yeah. and uh, you, they were having a putting contest. You could tell they were having yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That's one thing that Harry did that I tried to continue, or I, well, I tried to do away with it actually. <laughs> and they were revolted. On the girls' side, we have this thing called the Queen of the Green. It used to be a double elimination match play event. It would take like two and a half hours. And then I shortened it to the first year I was coach. I was like, we're not going to do that anymore. And everybody was, they went nuts. Like, oh, yeah. We got to do it. Like, they get a little crown and a trophy, and they think it's the coolest thing. And flowers, the girls get flowers. And um, <laughs> like a like a beauty queen, they make a side. One of the girl moms makes a sash, like a beauty wow. queen thing. And so they care more about that than the actual golf sometimes, you know, which is whatever. That it's happens. all fine. And the boys like it too, though. So we have like it's a revolving trophy. And uh, it's one of mine from like junior golf, and I've retrofitted it for the King of the Green. And so they get to um, Guy Buffum had won it two I straight years, that. and then he didn't get to win it last year because of COVID. So he was he had held the trophy for three years. Wow. And Adam Hunt won this year, and um, he's a good little player. Yeah, isn't he? Adam's going to be Adam's outstanding. We've got so many good kids on the team. It's um, it's um, good. You can go. On. You're good. And um, so. It really like the one thing that that I had tried to do. I think and Harry and I talked about it before. And Harry, I asked Harry some advice. He said, "You got to do it your own way. Hey, you got to put your stamp on what you want to do." And you know, and Harry would do it where um, he would um, have the kids. They would not hit balls the entire year. They would just work on chipping and putting and play. That's what and I did. As, and he would, and I was like, and sometimes they would just sit there and chip and putt for two hours. But that's I mean, they won a bunch of state championships doing that way. I always threatened him. I was like, "Y'all want to go back to the old way?" And now, because I had some kids that were there before, right? And they knew. I was like, "We can always go back to the old way, and y'all can sit in here and chip and putt for two and a half hours, or we can, you know." I was like, "So anyway, I try to take the seniors or the team perceived team leaders, the better players." I'm like, "Look, um, you know, I'm looking at my thinking of myself in high school, and you know, it's being kind of a punkish behavior sometimes, and sometimes I didn't do this, and I should have uh, for sure, but." Um, I was like, you know, these kids, and we have 18 kids on the team, so, and um, we had 30 kids want to try out, so it's, which is. You, you got know, a big team, I saw. Yeah, it. and, um, and, um, but I'm like, these kids are, are watching y'all, good, bad, or indifferent, all the time. So you can either be a positive influence, yep. get here on time, work hard, have fun. It's also a game, it's supposed to be fun. I mean, I've never played good when I didn't have fun. I've never seen anyone that did play good, didn't have fun in the process of doing it. At least over a period of time, right? And uh, but I was like, it's got to be fun, but we got to work and remember what our goals are, what we're trying to do. And um, so if you go there and you do your part and you're on time and you're not necessarily have to stay an hour after practice, but if you're the ones that are putting in the extra time, putting in the work, you're influencing these kids more than you know the kids that are watching you in a positive way or a negative way. And if you do what I'm asking you to do, then you're playing, you're doing your part to advance the program, right? And make it better and make it better for the next time. And Ryan Martyr and was the first guy that I had that I talked to about that. And he um and he was always he's one of my favorites for sure because of that. But um he worked his tail off. And he was a late bloomer in golf. And I remember um and we were talking about going to college for him and I remember his junior year we were driving I remember this we were we, we were leaving state. They had one state and um I and Ryan would always ask me, You see things I need anything I need to work on? I was like, Yeah I, and I don't 
I don't talk to them that much when they're playing because I want when I do talk to them to mean something. I don't be like I'm talking to them. Some of these guys will walking with them the whole time and talking to them. I was like, they got to learn how to do it themselves. I mean, right. I'm not gonna, you're not going to be on their hip the whole time doing it. But I want to when I say something to them to mean something. Hopefully, and, yeah. um, and um, but he asked, he would say, you think I'd say, yeah, this, this, and this. I saw you didn't do this. And the one time I saw it, like his junior year, I was like, you had a chance to win three tournaments, and every time you got close, your miss was high right, which means to me that you stopped, your body stopped moving, your hands, your hands got stuck, and you get high right. They want he to flick hook every once in a while too. It's like you got to take that your belt buckle and turn it towards the target, keep your body rotated, and. Um, and then he did that, and he won. He once he won, he was off for the races, and yeah. um, he was you know played awesome. And um, but he said his junior year, senior year, we were driving back to state, and I was like, he goes, you know, what do you think I need to get better? And I was like, well, what do you think? First of all, because I always always preach to them fairways, greens, and butts. Like my dad, I mean, everything I've told them is what right. my dad told me. I'm not reading. Well, you got to wrap this up. What'd you tell him? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. I hit ten fairways <laughs> around. Sorry, ten ten fairways around. Um, he was hitting seven point one. Okay, okay. Uh, it's like and a good player finds a way. He never shoots worse than seventy four. He finds a way. So senior year, he um, he was driving back and he goes, he goes, you know, my high score this year was after they won. I was like, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. He was seventy four. I was like, so you're listening. And then he hit ten fairways around for average ten point one because he hit more irons off the tee to get the ball in play. Stroke average went down from seventy three point six to. 70.8 or something like that. Man. So, and then he wanted to play college, had a good career at Walford. Yeah, he, he did. I think he's, he's a good, good kid, too. Yeah, he's a good kid. I think he won his last, the, the Walford Invitational. Yes. He played two USAMs, almost won a State Am, was right there. Yep. Greg Jones won. Yep. Almost won a Carolina's Am. He had a good career. He's a good, very good player. And I think he's going to App State to finish off okay. his last year. I think he'll do well there. Really good kid. That. Really good kid. All right, we'll wrap us up with a hap story. I know we had kind of had some earlier. You got another yeah. hap story? Let's see. I've got a really good one. <laughs> so uh, my junior golf year, last year of junior golf, then I won the state juniors. The 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 um, the, the, um, Carol, the Georgia South Carolina Cup was at Orangeburg that year, and um, somebody couldn't make it the last second, and so he had to scramble to find a player. And Harry Mims, yeah, probably finished like eighth, ninth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, someone that state juniors. And he lives right on that main road, right by um, the golf course, and. Um, so he played, and um, his parents were out of town. And um, I think I've heard this. He had a high school party that night, and um, so Hap's driving to the golf course. You know, we're staying at some hotel downtown Orangeburg, and we're, I'm a senior in high school, or you know, to go to college, so I could drive. And and um, he Hap's riding by the house, and it looks like um, 16 candles <laughs> with all the beer cans in the front yard and that kind of stuff. Oh and, um, man! It was um, <laughs> and his face got red he got mad and he let us have it and um <laughs> we didn't play particularly well that day <laughs> and um he didn't mince words and he was disappointed in us as he should have been yeah and um so yeah he's but he's all he's he has been so good to me over the years and he kicked me in the butt a couple times when i needed it for yeah. sure yeah but he's also been very supportive and um and you know and like i said he's the he's what he those words he said were the reason that um, I'm coaching high school golf for sure. That's cool, no doubt about that. I did want to say one thing too that I have been, um, if you don't mind, nah. I have been 100 um, percent influenced positively by the the guys, the golf pro guys that I've been around growing up. Yeah. Started with Chris Huntler, he was awesome, and Craig Malone at Spring Valley, and then um, 
Jackie Sewell at, at um, Cobbs Glen, and then Mr. Bennett and David Bennett at Wildwood, and then Clem at Columbia Country Club. Clem was the golf coach at Virginia my freshman year, and then he was the golf pro at Wildwood, and where I was a member, my parents were members, and then at Columbia when I was growing up, and then now Chris. Chris Sparrow and I are good buddies and, and friends for a long time. And yeah. So those guys don't get the, 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 the thanks they get sometimes. It's very much – and then the reason Flora is successful as they are – the unsung hero there is John Winterhalter at Forest Lake. He has done everything he can behind the scenes with no fanfare to foster that junior golf program, and it is second to none as far as that goes. And um, he's been awesome, and um, he has been so supportive of us. Anything I've asked, him, he does. He has done and done anything to help me. I think they're going to host the state high school tournament next year at Forest Lake seeing how the junior goes this yep. year there, and I'm huh. sure it'll go great. And um, yeah. So he has been super. So we have been very lucky, and I have been, well, I have been very lucky to be influenced positively by those guys. And there's so many people that I have. You know, I used to just think, like, back in the day, you know, you'd wear these golf clothes that looked terrible, and then you'd wear your normal clothes. And there were golf clothes, and there were right. and there were clothes clothes. Now I just wear they're all the same now. And yeah. I had my golf friends, and I had my friends' friends. Now they're just all. No. Same thing. They're all just friends. That's right. good. Uh, I mean, the shout out is no no doubt deserved to all those guys. They don't. You're right. Most people don't have any clue mm-hmm. on member guests or just regular play days. How early those guys yeah, get there and how job. late they leave. It's a long, long day and, and, and it's a lot, a lot to deal times. with. No doubt about it. Every club's got a few people that just um, pound on those guys. Mm-hmm. It seems like and um, and um, they have to take it and and um, it's been um, and they it's a hard job and yeah. um, they deserve all the things. Again, those are the those guys have all influenced me in a positive way, and I'm super thankful for thankful to them. You know, as proud as I am about the boys' team, and and I always say that they were good before I ever got there, and they had a legacy going, and they'd won six in a row when I started coaching them. I'm almost, if I could say I'm more proud, I'm equally as proud of the girls' team and right. what they've accomplished. Um, we had a good, pretty good program. They won the state championship in 2010, and then we were finishing 10th, 12th in the state pretty consistently. And um, and then we had a, the girls really bought in, and I told them they had to play year-round golf, and you have to work at it. And um, I remember we had um, about eighteen girls because Blair and Perrin, my daughters, their friends were playing on the team, and yeah. you know. And then one girl called up late. The mom said, "Hey, my daughter wants to come up for the golf team," and I was like, "Well, what's one more? We've already started, but that's fine. Bring her on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was Gracie McCoy. Gracie is a, was a senior this year, and yeah. Gracie um, went from. In three and a half years, went from a total beginner to winning the state championship. I say I, I yeah. saw her work at it yeah. at Columbia yeah, Country and, Club, and she did. And she, her parents joined out there, and they're not a golfing family; they're a tennis family. But um, she worked, and um, she's going to play golf at Lander this year. Nice. Coming, they come in fall for Mark Riddle and another young lady who graduated this year, Caitlin Stonehill. Yeah, worked at it too, and she's going to play golf at USC Sumter. So we had. They really have built the legacy there on the girls' team. In the last three years, they finished third, third, and second in the state. And you know, it's Man. a team, which was awesome. And um, and they and they're you know sometimes the boys get all the credit, you know, which yeah. is understandable. But the girls deserve a lot too. And our parents on both teams have been awesome. Um, we cannot do on either one of these teams have the success we've had without the parents and the buy-in and the support that they've had. And the support a lot of times comes from the moms. And I know I talked about my dad earlier. and yeah. But um, my mom was the one driving me to all these golf tournaments when I was little. And they're the unsung heroes. And um, yeah. she and I was lucky to have two great parents, not just my dad, but my mom too. And um, and the moms on the floor golf team and the boy, dads on the floor golf team really have been awesome and supportive. You know, one of the things we've always – 
Harry did with the boys team, and I've tried to continue, and it's a good thing. You know, when you get to these high school tournaments, you just go straight there, no practice run, you just go play. You're rushed, you get out. And Harry's philosophy was, and I think it's a good one, and I've tried to continue that, is that you get there on a Saturday, you you go play somewhere kind of nice, nicer place than you're going to play in the tournament, if you can make it happen, and then you nice practice around midday Sunday, team dinner Sunday night, team movie kind of thing, and then uh, you're ready to go and you're rested, and then you play the tournament Monday Tuesday, and they've been successful, so that's kind of something we try to continue. And every year they always ask, Coach, where are we going to go this year? And um, this year... You know, I called Kevin King, and he had us out to to um, Colleton River, the dock horse, which is an awesome. It's my favorite Pete dock horse I've ever played for sure. And um, he's had us out there twice, and both times we won the state championship, which is very cool. And um, and he played three holes with us this, this year, and he goes, and the kids want to play the back tees. Obviously, they're playing a good golf course. And Kevin's like, I haven't played the back tees in years. And so he gets back there, and he goes, birdie eagle birdie and they had dinner plans he had to leave so they were thoroughly impressed by that which is pretty awesome and then donald clement at the the reserve has had us out there twice which has been awesome and um that's a treat too very good golf course and then two years ago with our last year with covid we didn't go anywhere but um two years ago john farrell had us out to harbortown and they got to play harbortown which was awesome and some of these kids a couple of them played the junior heritage they played it a few times but for the most of the kids it was their first time out so it's always a treat to play a PJ Tour course, see how they can handle them. We always play the back tees, and I always tell them, let's see if I can break 75. And this year at the Colleton, we had two kids shoot 73 from the tips, which is pretty awesome. Good playing. They they whipped, they whipped me pretty good. So yeah, I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of different type people that have coached me and helped me along the way. And um, I've tried to take from a little bit from each one of those guys that um, and try to use it in how I coach the kids, the Florida girls and boys teams. Yep. And um, my first time through, like seventh through tenth grade at Spring Valley, um, John Bulware was my coach, and um, John's son Brett is a good player. He's played in some of the CGA tournaments. Yeah. He's a soccer guy, soccer coach, okay. really good, excellent soccer player. Coach Bulware was like an all sports superstar guy. Went to high school with my mom at Eau Claire back in the day, and so I know that from firsthand coming from her. And um, so he was very much he's a football coach, soccer coach, and a golf coach. And um, when golf went, or so, excuse me, when soccer went from um, uh, fall to a spring sport in the mid eighties, he went with soccer and dropped golf. And but yeah. he was very much a competitive talked about, you know, that is very much competitive guy. And I took a lot of that from him as far as, um, just being competitive in general and, and competitive in a team environment. Yeah. And then coach Intermill who, um, took over and coached myself, um, David, he- Mark Swagger, DeBert, Jonathan Jordan, and several other guys that played in college. He had a lot of guys come through that played in college. He also ended up coaching the Hart, Hart he sure, Twins. He sure did. He, know, went to, he went to Ridgeview, didn't he? Yeah, a whole other generation. That. And he's out at Columbia Country Club now, and I see him all the time. Yeah. And um, and um, I um, you know, he was retired. He it's like he was a science teacher at Spring Valley, and he was retired military. And he would run his practices like, okay, we're going to putt for twenty two minutes. We're going to hit bunker shots for six minutes. Very regimented. Yeah. Very militaristic. And a good way to do things, especially in a group. And um, so I've tried to take some of that from him, and I learned a lot from him. And I still see him all the time, and we talk about stuff like that. And um, and then going to Carolina, playing for Steve. Steve was in, you know, two years removed from the PGA Tour then. He played on the tour for five years. Excellent player. Which you said he wasn't a snazzy dresser then. No, not at all. He would um, – somehow I guess he's hit his midlife crisis with that, but he was very much <laughs> – when he was giving us our clothes, there were a lot of khakis and – 
whites and blacks and garnets and blacks. And, and I mean, not, not, right. not, nothing out of the ordinary. Very always a snazzy player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good player. Yeah, and um, different dresser back then for sure. Right. And, um, and so he would go play with us, and um, he was, um, you know, obviously outstanding player. And I learned. I've always said, and I think I've told him this over the years. Um, outside of my dad, I learned more about my golf swing and stuff like that from him in those four years I was around him. And he's, you know, excellent coach. And um, that's a big compliment. Yeah, and um, he had a lot of good teams there, and so we had a lot of success. I think we won about a dozen tournaments. Um, we had six in the country one year, and. Won a conference championship, a um, couple, I think a couple of them, and um, so. But what conference was it? It was the Metro. My last yeah. year of um, um, at Carolina was the last year South Carolina was in the Metro, and um, they joined the SEC the year yeah. after that. And yeah. so the guys that redshirted in my class played one year in the SEC. Huh. Like Michael Christie, Daniel Sewell. Those gotcha. Guys. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, so I've tried to take something, and obviously with my, you know, big thing is what my dad always used to tell us, and. All the guys have coached me, plus my dad, and then other all the pros I've been around, you know, club pros. I've tried to take something from each one of those guys and um, kind of incorporate it in what I try to do with these kids. And I, so a lot of it's not anything I'm saying; it's coming from yeah. somebody else. Well, you've gathered that information yeah. and still passed it down. I think so. Too. Kudos, yeah, absolutely. So I saw you guys at Columbia Country Club last week practicing, uh-huh. and I just assumed uh, Forest Lake was your home club. Where do y'all practice? Well, great question. Um, most of the kids are Forest Lake kids. Of the 18 kids on the team, there were 13 of them or so that are Forest Lake kids. We've got a couple of Spring Valley kids, some Fort Jackson kids, some Northwood kids. Okay. Actually, Northwoods is our home golf course. Um, huh. I'm a member out at Columbia. Obviously, I take them out there occasionally. Right. But Greg has been – Greg and his staff has been just phenomenal. The spur at Northwoods. The spur, yes. I always have to say – I always call it Northwoods, but us. It's hard to break the it's habit. It's spur at Northwoods, yes. Yeah. And um, they've been awesome for us. They really have. And I always tell them – Every year, I write them a letter thanking them and hoping they'll let us come back next year. Yeah, and um, telling them that you know they really are the fifteenth club in our bag. I mean, there's no way we could have the success we have had as AC Flora girls and boys teams without them. We come out there four days a week. They host um, multiple matches for us. They've hosted the region tournament for both teams every year since I've been there, which is you know, no small feat. Yeah, and it's there's one that they just get it as far as um you know perfect example of the club pros that are paying for doing it forward and they just get it and they see that, that that's part of their job as far as growing the game and there's no way we could have the success as a as a program we've had without those guys and we are immensely grateful to them i'll give a shout out to burt cromer who's won the city tournament i don't even know uh, how 10 many or 12 times yeah but he just got invited and it's gonna be about a month or two old by the time this yeah. comes out but the taylor made invitational did you see that yeah i did see that was it pebble beach it, i think it was spyglass Spy, yeah. yeah good job burt yeah winning that thing doesn't surprise me at all no he can play yeah good player you know i always have said you can always tell a baseball guy when you play golf with them i was like there's we had a couple out at columbia one time I was playing in a club championship with this guy, and I was like, so what years you play baseball? And he goes, how did you know play baseball? I was like, I can just tell. you got <laughs> quick hips. You're loading up. Your hands you're just hanging back, and you just fire. And Burke's that same way, too. And, um, yeah. and um, you can always tell a baseball guy. But baseball and golf are quite well, and he's a perfect example of that. He's a good no player, doubt. really good player. No doubt. All right. Uh, on the side of your hat here, though, uh-huh. I'd see something. And we, her mom actually came in earlier on a previous interview. Sure. Uh, just happened to walk in. Parks Hutto, yeah. PH Parks yeah. Hutto, my man Parks Hutto. Every year we um we we I, and when I first started coaching the boys team, I called Jenny and John. I didn't know them very well. Yeah, and I said, would you mind if we put Parks' initials on our hats? And um, they were you know gracious and very appreciative oh, yeah. of that. And um, 
but I've gotten them a lot better since then. But um, they, I, um, you know, I think the only time you and I've ever played golf together was in the Parks Hutto. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Choice. absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, he was. I didn't play. I didn't know him that well, but I had seen him around the club when he was a little kid, and um, and I played with him a couple times, hit balls with him a couple times. He just a, he was just a good kid, and he had yeah. you know, he could kind of he could kind of relate with the adults and the kids. He was good. Like I always tell Jason Meikle, who's the golf coach at Blythewood. That kid was going to be your stud. He was going yeah. to be, you know, and, yeah. and obviously Matthew turned out to be a great player as well. And he's going to get a Winthrop and play for Kevin Penley, yeah. which is awesome. And um, but Parks was just a good kid, good player, going to be a very good player. And um, so we tell our kids at Floral when we give them their hats and their clothes that you know we talk about Parks and how every day is a gift and make yeah. the most of it and go work hard. And if Parks could be here playing with us right now, he certainly would. And then coincided with COVID last year not having a season it just hits it that much yeah. like you, you, know, you gotta take you gotta take advantage of your opportunities and be prepared to play I was like you know your job as a member of this team is to be prepared be on time be prepared to play when your number's called step up and make the most of it we gave him the story of Wally Pip I don't know um, Wally Pip who um, was the first baseman before um, and then one day he took a day off I'm gonna guess it's the Red Sox that was uh. Yankees a little Yankee story but Wally Pipp was the first baseman for the Yankees. He took a day off. Lou Gehrig stepped in, and Wally Pipp was never heard from again. So, <laughs> so making the most of your opportunities. And, and yeah. we always tell the kids, like, at the end of the year, you know, I don't care if you're a 7th grader or 12th grader. We're going to be obviously show deference to seniors where we can. But yeah. we want to bring the best six to state. And, you know, Adam Hunt, um, one year, was he went to state as a 7th grader. And, you know, you don't like to do that if you can help it because you want to have kids with some experience. But, yeah. but he's been um, outstanding. And I kind of could mention the team – quickly you know the boys team we had luke sullivan and adam hunt both finish all state um coleman ferguson really did well as a freshman he's and we've got so many good kids we got three or four kids that didn't get in the top five this year at the end of the year that um will buff them yeah and um and um thomas lamar and um charles Cawthon. and um i told those guys you know any other high school team in the state you'd be playing so just keep working and you're going to get your chance you know i I interviewed ben martin one time and he told me he goes i was the third best player on my high school team behind vince hatfield and i can't remember who else but all right back to your dad for a second uh you you shared with me you shared me tell me about the augusta you didn't tell it quite okay okay well you know it's funny i have this plaque on my wall and um and then it's kind of gotten around the story so let me i'll clarify it um that um my dad played Gus National three times, but and I've played it once. But he played he I played it okay. because of him. Yeah, we, we you played play. with him. No, we, we, he just when he was sick. Uh, okay, George Dean Johnson called my dad up and said, "Hey, you know they grew up together in Spartanburg, and George Dean Johnson's a member." And he goes, "What can we? What can I do for you? He goes, Take my boys and my uncle to play Gus National." Okay, that's how we got on. But so my dad played there in 1990, the last time he played, and um he was playing with um the guys who owned the Murray Cookie Company. Who's, okay. That, um, and um, so he um, was on 11, and he made two on 11, and then he made two on 12, and he drove it perfect on 13, and he kind of got nervous, and he hit it in the creek, made six, and he had a <laughs> to go two, 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 three. But, Man. And, and so it, the, st- the way the story goes is um, they were in there having lunch afterwards, and the, and the pro comes up to us and says, hey, which one of y'all guys had two? Because the caddies told him someone made two on 11, and my dad was like, I did. Cause, and, um, and so he um, – so he, after lunch they're in the pro shop and get some things before they leave and he goes do you mind if we have the ball and he goes yeah sure so he gives him the ball and um, didn't think anything about it at the time and he goes I've been doing some research the pro did told my dad this he goes yeah. you're the first person to ever make two there we've never had a two there Wow. and so fast forward like a month later and um, 
we're um, sitting there on the, you know, well, fast forward, my dad gets a package in the mail. It's a box. And it says, you know, it's a, you know, like a UPS type thing. And it's got a plaque in there. And it says, presented to Bob Darger from Augusta National Golf Club. Number two, makes two and 11. Got the ball mounted on it. Has the people in the group kind of thing. And wow. So then fast forward like five years later, I'm sitting there watching Sunday with my dad. And um, Brad Faxon makes two on 11. Pins like, and he hits it, kind of hits off that slope, kicks down and rolls in. And, um, and they go, this is the first two of the Masters. And I was like, first two, like basically saying the first two ever there. Yeah. And I was like, I looked at my dad, I was like, now nah, it's the second. <laughs> and then KJ Choi made one in the final round of the year. Mickelson won 2004. Okay. He played with L's in the last group, made like a two iron. Yeah. And um, so, but my dad tells a story. He like, he, his pin was back left and he hit, he's left handed. He kind of a skinny push forward and it rolled. The yeah, contour just rolled. It was not a good shot. But then the shot on 12 was pure. I so, did. I did that in the PAT on yeah. 16 at Lake Marion one time. Uh-huh. I hit a worm burner uh-huh. five wood, I think, and yeah. it ran like a rat in a hole. But yeah. sometimes yeah. it happens. I'd rather do it at Augusta Absolutely. than, than say, yeah, was, National. So every time I go to someone, you know, someone's office in Columbia or around here, so usually they have a picture of Augusta National, and that's always my lead. And hey, I got a story I can yeah. tell you. And it's like my dad would never tell anybody that story. So that's a good one. So though. That's a good story to tell for sure. Yeah. How about some of the uh, gentlemen you played with over the years? You know. I had been because of my father and knowing um, these guys always kind of took an interest in me. The guys older than me, I guess, um, Dupree and Prezi, I say were great and, um, always been super to me and Chip and David, Chip, yeah. Prezi and David Dupree. And, um, then Frank Ford and, and Bert and Bert always flies our hats for the golf team. And he's just been super. And I played a lot of golf with Walter Todd. Walter's just a class act. I, yeah. I always call him Sir Walter. That's good. As a, good as a, description. I mean, that's a compliment. Yeah. Mike Gravely and I've become good friends over the years. Just all these great guys that have been so helpful to me. I'll give you something I would love to share. Hopefully he'll hear this. Um, when my dad passed away, you know, I knew Frank Ford pretty well, but I didn't know him that well. And I played golf with him here and there, but I got this letter from him. It uh, was a you know very like his you know it was a two page letter and it was talking about when his dad passed away at a young age I think it was a plane crash and and then how yeah, you know yeah. how much he thought of my father and how much you know how sorry he was and that kind of stuff and it just meant a lot and then Michael Carlisle sent me the similar type letter just you know just something about a handwritten letter from somebody it's yeah. effort and it was thought it was heartfelt and it just meant so much and I wouldn't that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have played golf with these guys. I wouldn't right. have to meet them. So that stuff just really you know, shows you the kind of people that you know, yeah. you'd associate with. It was pretty cool. There's no doubt there are some classy guys. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so this, you know, and then just, and then I remember, you know, like Biff and Happ were at my dad's funeral, which is so cool. You know, and I yeah. didn't expect to see that. I looked up in the balcony and there they were. And I was like, you know, just very, very, very nice. And, um, and, um, you know, I just give me more appreciative to have those relationships with people that I've cultivated over the years. And I did, would never would have started if it wasn't for my father playing golf, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Touch back on the um, on the coaching thing, if I could, real quick. I've, I've told, I think I saw Larry Penley up at Thornblade. He was recruiting and um, in State Am a couple of years ago. And he's like, you're still playing? I was like, yeah, barely. <laughs> right. I'm still playing. And he goes... And then Chris Patton was following his son around, and we yeah. talked. And I was like, "It's been thirty years since we played, which is crazy, you know." And, and so, but um, it's um, I remember thinking to myself when I was started coaching, you know, you feel helpless when you're watching kids play golf. And you, you, do. you feel you feel helpless. Yeah, and I can only imagine that's like watching your child play golf because watching Blair play a little bit, you just feel helpless watching. And um, and um, I've told Steve and Larry this, and a bunch of other guys, Kevin Penley and all these guys that we've played against and played with that are coaching college now 
that it's like you know it's just I mean it's a hard job it's because it's just it's almost like amateur psychiatrist you know and, oh yeah no you're and it's more so that because the kids can already play when they get to school right but, you're not working on yeah, swing no and um but I was like I have a lot more respect for what they did now than what I did he just oh they're just you know driving us here and we're going to play it's like oh no no right a lot more than that yeah and so I think I've, I've Express to them how much I appreciated yeah. all these guys. You don't realize when you're getting a life lesson. No, you, you don't. Know? Yeah, and it's like, it's just there's so many things that good and bad that I have taken away from playing college golf and playing amateur golf and junior golf that have helped me in my you know adult life, professionally, work wise with family. Just it's been very you know. Angel always tells me she goes. Cause I coach, was coaching church basketball and I got teed up and, yeah, and she oh, was wow. like, you know, like I was up on the floor cause you know, just, and she get and she's like, well, you never did that in golf. I was like, well, you, you can't do that in golf. That's just not acceptable. She goes, it's funny how you look at golf differently. You look at golf for it's such as you put that on a pedestal, but you will do other things. You'll go crazy. On that is interesting. Other thing. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess if I was a, someone was put me on the couch and peel back, they'd find some other things, but it's just like, I don't know. You just, there's certain things. It's just, you had to show some deference to and respect. What do you think John McEnroe would have been like on the PGA tour? Same John McEnroe. It's a good question. Um, I'd love to see yeah, that though. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, that's when I loved watching tennis with those guys, oh, yeah. Connors and McEnroe. Yeah, right now yeah. it's just kind of, right. it was entertainment. Yeah. It's almost like, um, professional wrestling in a way. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so, um, that's a good question. I don't think he could, he was such a volatile person. No one ever really told him no, I guess, in his life. So he just right. would just throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> and we've got a couple of kids like that on the floor team that we're trying to break of that habit. So the yeah. youngsters and say, we're going to. They'll grow out so of that, it. I think so, too. It's just a maturity thing, if yeah. I say anything. Um, I do have a great wrestling story All right. for you. All right. It's like, so um, so Rick O'Connor, a good friend of mine, and his son yep. played on the golf team with me at floor, and he's, he's he's a golfer, too. He plays at Forest Lake. We grew up together, and um, – we all love professional wrestling. All of that. So, my his dad and my dad got the idea that if they took us down there and showed us how at the township showed us how you know low rent this stuff right, was, we right. would um, lose interest in it. Yeah. And um, so they you know came and picked us up there like you know they're in a coat and tie, so they're they're in a suit taking us down there to watch wrestling on Tuesday night, and um, it had the exact opposite effect. We absolutely <laughs> loved it. And I saw Ric Flair at, like at Harley race for the world title. But anyway, yeah. I always remember I was standing there and these two guys were ringside and they're both prominent golfers. Who do you think they were? Who was it? Dupree and Prezioso. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, dad was like, but the funny like my dad's like telling me, like as we're getting there, both the dads are telling us like, you know, these people are low rent. You know, they're like, you know, scummy people. You don't want to hang around them. I mean, this is what, if you start liking this kind of stuff, this is what you're going to associate with. And then it's like, there's some of your friends over there, dad. There's Mr. Dupree right. and Mr. Prezioso. <laughs> It's like, well, they're not, they're not all bad, but most of the people here are bad. So. That is good, man. Funny story. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We well, keep on you're passing it down forward, paying it forward, I guess. Paying it forward. Yeah. Yep. So, Robert, thank you. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Keep, keep up the good work, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you on the golf course. All right. Hopefully. <laughs>